Hey friends, welcome to This Good Word. My name's Steve Weens, your host, as always. And on today's episode, I'm joined by my friend Ruth Haley Barton, who's an author of many books and the director of the Transforming Center in Wheaton, Illinois. Together, Ruth and I are going to lead you through the 14 stations of the cross here on Good Friday as a way to keep watch and keep vigil with our friend and brother Jesus during the last hours of his life. Throughout this time, there will be reflection, there will be silence, there will be the reading of scripture, and there will be song. So I invite you to engage with all your senses on this Good Friday Stations of the Cross experience. Hello, friends. I'm so pleased to welcome you on behalf of the Transforming Center to this virtual Good Friday experience. Good Friday is a very important day for us as Christians because it's a day when we honor Jesus' sacrifice for us. It's a day when we learn some of the harder lessons of the spiritual journey. Um, It's a day that was good for us because Jesus gave his ultimate sacrifice, but of course, a very hard day for Jesus. We gather together today because during the hours of 12 and 3 on Good Friday, Jesus took his harrowing journey to the cross, and it's a very important time for us as his followers to participate with him in this particular part of his journey. I'm hoping that you have a candle centrally placed. Go ahead and light that as we begin. We light our candle as a way of inviting the presence of the Holy Spirit to guide us. And then if you have a cross to place centrally, either in front of you or among you as you gather with family or or a small group of friends, um, the candle and the cross will be important symbols of Jesus' death and crucifixion and also a symbol of the fact that we're seeking to be guided by the Holy Spirit today. Some of you will just be listening uh, to this podcast. Let the words and the prayers and the music just wash over you. Sit back, close your eyes, enter into the mystery, deeper and deeper into the mystery of our faith. Some of you will have an order of service, which you were able to download from the Transforming Center, and so you're going to be able to pray along with us and actually pray the responses that will be in bold. Um, You'll be able to uh, enter into the silence, of course, and use your imagination as we pray together. Uh, You'll have the words of the hymns in front of you, and I hope that you will join in singing um, as you're able and as you feel comfortable. We've offered versions of the hymns that are easy for us to sing along with. And then some of you have our book, the um, Artful Book of Reflections, and so you'll be able to pray and respond in the responsive readings, and you'll also be able to engage with art. Any way you engage today, I pray that you will use all parts of yourself, your emotions, your imaginations, your mind, um, your deep spirituality, your desire to be with God, to be with Jesus in these moments, that you'll use your eyes, that you'll use your ears and that you'll use every part of yourself as a human being today to walk with Jesus on this important journey. Today we seek to be faithful companions to Jesus. Um, And as we do that, we are actually participating in one of the customs of our human tradition and our Christian tradition, and that is the practice of keeping vigil. And it's interesting that the word vigil is actually the root word of the word vigilant. And so to be vigilant is to be present and to, to stay awake and attentive 
And we do that with our funerals and with burials and with keeping watch and keeping vigil with someone when they're in the last phases of death and dying. And then as a part of our Christian tradition, we keep vigil with Jesus in different ways and at different times throughout these holiest of days. One of the places from which we draw this custom is Jesus' request to his disciples to stay with him and to keep watch in the Garden of Gethsemane. We also know that there were a few, including Mary, Jesus' mother, Mary Magdalene, John, the beloved disciple, who stayed near the cross and were present to Jesus as he suffered and died. So only the most intimate few stayed all the way until the end, and that's part of what it means to keep vigil. So there are several key reasons that I want to emphasize today about why we would enter into this practice of keeping vigil and praying the Stations of the Cross. First of all, we're here as Jesus' friends. We're here as a gesture of love and friendship with the one who has loved us and given so much for us. You know, one of the most important and poignant expressions of Jesus' humanity was his longing for friendship, for companionship, and to know that there were those who who would stay close to him and who would journey with them during his earthly journey. In Mark 5, we see that he invited his disciples, first of all, to be with him. Mark 5 says that he invited those whom he wanted to be with him. And so discipleship begins with just the willingness to be with Jesus. And then when Jesus' teachings became too challenging and many were choosing to leave him, Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, almost in a plaintive way, will you leave me also? As their relationship deepened, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. What an extraordinarily non-hierarchical thing for the Lord of the universe to say. And then in the book of John, on the night before he was betrayed, the scriptures tell us that having loved his own until the end, he took up the towel. So it's almost like loving his own until the end was one of his crowning achievements And there's almost a triumphant feeling. Having loved his own until the end, he takes up the towel to wash his disciples' feet. And then perhaps the most compelling expression of his desire to be joined significantly by his friends is found in Matthew 26, when he asks them to stay awake and to be prayerfully present as he wrestles with God about his calling. And even though the journey ahead was his journey and his alone, It's interesting that he didn't want to be left alone. He wanted to know that there were those who would be present with him. And of course, the disciples weren't able to do it. They were not able to stay awake. And I think they are a living example of how hard it is to be present to someone else's pain. And of course, these places of pain are sometimes the places where we disappoint one another, where we fail one another. We want to be able to stay present. We want to be able to be comforting. We want to be able to minister, and we try. But oftentimes, we're not able to stay present all the way to the end. But today, I'd like you to consider what it would look like for you to be with a family member or a friend, someone who is going through something really difficult. How would you want to be with them? How would you want to bring love to them? during that kind of a moment? And can you bring that quality of presence, that quality of attention and love to Jesus as we walk the stations of his cross and his suffering today? And so this custom of keeping vigil is a response to Jesus' desire for friendship. We join those few closest friends and family members who stayed till the very end. And what we're giving today 
to Jesus is the gift of our presence. It's the gift of being there. It's simply the gift of ourselves, which is the best gift that any friend can bring to any moment, including moments of pain and suffering. And then secondly, we're here today as an act of discipleship, as an act of our followership. We're seeking to be with Jesus, to learn from Jesus how to be like Jesus. That would be Dallas Willard's definition of discipleship. And that includes the lessons contained in this part of Jesus' journey. It is a walk, actually. It's an act of following Jesus as he walks a part of his path. And of course, walking with Jesus is a central metaphor for our lives as Christians, right? Sometimes we talk about our Christian discipleships as our walk with Jesus, and we might ask one another, how's your walk going? Um, And so this walk today is part of our discipleship. And of course, there are much easier moments for walking with Christ than the ones we're walking today. There's the adoration of Jesus at his birth. It would have been great to be a part of that, right? There's his baptism. The dove descends. God identifies him as his beloved son. There's the ascension, the transfiguration, and maybe even depending on your personality type, you might have wanted to be with Jesus when he was cleansing the temple. Those are all different moments of walking with Jesus. But today, we're called to take the most difficult part of the journey with Jesus, and to do so with our hearts wide open, to learn what Jesus wants to teach us here and now, what he wants to say to us at each point along the way, how his passion, which we would define as deep feeling, how his passion might speak to our passion, and especially during this time of great suffering in our world that's that's hitting us all, hitting us all in different ways. I wonder if walking with Jesus and his suffering might have something special to say to us as we all experience the great suffering that we're in the midst of right now. Um, Jesus might have something to teach us in these places of our own deep feeling and our own agony and our own angst. This is a walk that is shared between a teacher and a learner, a learner who is listening along the way. And so we enter into this walk as an act of love and friendship. We enter into this walk as an act of our discipleship and followership. And also, thirdly, we enter into this walk today as a way of entering more fully into the mystery of our faith, the Pascal mystery of death, burial, and resurrection. Um, So we're entering into the Pascal mystery as we see it lived out in the life of Jesus. And the great mystery of our faith teaches us that death does not have the last word, but death is necessary in order for what is truest in our lives to come forth. This journey with Jesus, who was perfect, shows us that it's not always just what's sinful in us or what's false that needs to die. It is sometimes that which is just simply too small or too limiting, no longer necessary. It no longer fits or gets in the way of that which God is trying to do in and through our lives. And so there was a time when Jesus' life in his body served Jesus and served God's purposes for Jesus' life. It served well for him to have a physical body where he could walk around on this earth. But then there came another time when having a body no longer served God's greater purposes for Jesus. And the body became something that needed to be set aside. And so I think that's an important teaching for us today, that it's not always what's sinful or what's false that needs to die. Maybe it's just something that's not necessary anymore, not necessary to God's ongoing purposes in our lives. You know, Ron Rollheiser points out 
a great paradox of Jesus' life, and that is that Jesus served us in his active life, and he taught us in his active life, and those actions and teachings are recorded for us in the Gospels. And in the Gospels, we see Jesus as the great doer, the great initiator of our faith. But Ron Rollheiser points out that Jesus serves us in a different way in his passion, and Ron defines the word passion as being more about passivity when Jesus wasn't doing anything where everything was being done to him and he received the actions of human beings into his life. And Ron Rollheiser points out that we are saved as much by Jesus' passivity as we are by his activity. And there is something for us in that, isn't there? That just as Jesus gave his life and gave us so much in his activity, He gives us something in his passivity and in his death, and sometimes I wonder if that can give new meaning to the places where we also can't do anything, we can't be active, and yet there's something we can still bring to the world and something that is a great gift to others. So even though what Jesus gave in his death was less tangible than what he gave in his life, perhaps, what Jesus gave in his death is deeper, more substantive. And actually what he gave to us in his death is what saves our souls. So from the moment when he was handed over, Jesus is no longer in the story as the active initiating one. He is now the object. He's now the recipient of what is done to him. And this is what is indicated in his humanity and his divinity, that to those watching, they saw something noble. They saw something amazing, something different in his dying passion than what they had seen in his life. And so, friends, as we enter into this time today, we are walking in friendship with Jesus, we are walking in discipleship with Jesus, and we are walking deeper and deeper into the great mystery of our faith. And as we do this, we realize that we must enter in very humbly because we could be anyone in these stories. We could be in the crowd that was Uh, shouting out, crucify him, crucify him. We could be the one that betrayed him. We could be the one that stood back in the crowd because we were afraid and didn't want to be noticed as a disciple of Jesus. We could be the one that melted away rather than being the one who was able to stay till the end. And it reminds me of a quote from St. Augustine where he says, he prays actually, Lord Jesus Christ, don't let me lie when I say that I love you and protect me for today I could betray you. So as we prepare our hearts to enter into this shared experience around the globe today, let me give a few instructions before we enter in. First of all, you'll notice in uh, whatever printed material that you have that at every station there will be a scripture and then there will be a prayer. And I will, uh, Steve Weens, my host, my co-host, will be joining me. So glad to have Steve with me today in this. Um, I'll name the station. Steve will read the scripture. He is our lector for the day. I will respond with a prayer, and then we will read together. So if you're in your own living room, the words that are bolded, please read those with Steve and I as we join together in um, praying the response. Then there will be a silence, and in that silence, you're to listen for what Jesus has to say to you in that station, in and through that station. And it'll be Um, about 45 seconds. So there'll be time for you to settle in and listen to what God has to say to you there. And then I will 
Bring us out of silence by saying, Lord, in your mercy, and together we will all pray, hear our prayer. When we come to a hymn, I hope that you will feel able to join in the hymn if you know it, even if it seems awkward with such a small group. I think singing today is going to be very, very meaningful, another way to engage, so feel free to sing. Um, When we get to the end, we're not going to tie it all up with a bow. It's going to be like that awkward moment when you leave a funeral and you wish you didn't have to leave, but you do have to leave. And it's going to be like being with the disciples around the cross where eventually you just have to go home. And we're not going to tie it up. We're just going to leave us all waiting. Um, and at that moment, you might want to extinguish your candle because that'll be a sign of the life of Jesus being snuffed out as we enter into our waiting time. Also, um, I'll point out that there will be several stations that are considered to be traditional stations. So the Stations of the Cross emerges from our Catholic Christian tradition, and so most of the stations are found in Scripture, but there are three or four that are considered traditional. And that just means they are imaginative. They are things that um, traditionally we have imagined might have happened on Jesus' journey to the cross. So when we get to those, I will just say, say traditional, and I will enter right into the prayer. So friends, let us walk prayerfully into these moments, watching and waiting with Christ through the darkness of his death and burial, so that together we can share in the joy of his resurrection. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified. Mercifully Mercifully grant grant that that we, walking walking in the the way way of the cross, cross, may find it none other other than the way way of life and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. I forget thy love. 
hast borne all for me. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. The first station, Jesus is condemned to death. From Matthew chapter 27, verses 15 through 24. Now at the festival, the governor was accustomed to release a prisoner for the crowd, anyone whom they wanted. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Jesus Barabbas. So after they had gathered, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release for you? Jesus Barabbas, or Jesus, who is called the Messiah. For he had realized that it was out of jealousy that they had handed him over. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that innocent man, for today I have suffered a great deal because of a dream about him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus killed. The governor again said to them, which of the two of you do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, 
then what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? All of them said, let him be crucified. Then he asked, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he could do nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took some water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way, we are all condemned to death. Sometimes we bring death on ourselves. Sometimes it is at the hands of others. Always, death is an inevitability of the human situation. Even though we try to avoid it, the Pascal rhythm of death, burial, and resurrection teaches us that the only path to new life leads through the dark and narrow passageway of death. Lord Jesus Christ, our friend and brother, you faced your accusers with quiet dignity. You walked into your death with honesty and grace. Show me those places in my own life where I must die to self in order to be born to new life. As, As we, we walk, walk this, this way together, together teach me how to meet my own deaths, deaths large, large and small, with courage and, and grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. The second station, Jesus takes up his cross. John chapter 19, verse 17. And carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way. Sometimes your call upon our lives seems like more than we can bear. We are tempted to shrink from the challenges and hardships of our path. We wonder if we can make it all the way up the hill. Lord Jesus Christ, you carried your own cross with strength and perseverance and were undeterred by those who demeaned you along the way. As we, As we walk, walk this, this way, way together, together show me what is my cross to carry, my burden to bear, and teach me how to shoulder it well. Today is the day for me to learn more of what it means for me to take up my cross and follow you.
Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. The third station, Jesus falls for the first time, traditional. Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way, we are afraid of falling, afraid of failing, afraid of not being seen as strong and able to manage everything that has been given us to do. Somehow the expectations have gotten so high that there is no place for weakness, for vulnerability, for needing help. We try to pretend that we can live far beyond human limitations, and we ruin ourselves in the process. Lord Jesus Christ, our friend and brother, on the day that you accomplished God's greatest purpose for your life, you fell. You, the creator of the universe, the word that spoke all things into being and holds them all together, stumbled under the weight of a man-made cross. As we we walk walk this way way together, together, teach me how to let let myself be human. When I fall, help me not to be paralyzed with shame or to waste energy with excuses. Rather, help me to get up and keep walking the path that is marked out for me. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. The fourth station, Jesus meets his mother. John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way, your life on this earth was shaped by a mother who was utterly given over to the will of God in her life. Her prayer, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word reverberates throughout history as a picture of what it means to be totally given over to the will of God. I wonder what it was like to look into her eyes that day and see the pain that such willingness brought upon her. Who could have imagined that it would all end so horribly? Was there any regret in her eyes? Lord Jesus Christ, our friend and brother, 
Your mother's life teaches us that sometimes we must let go of that which we have birthed. We must allow it to be taken from us in order for it to be returned to us again. Sometimes it seems like this is the deepest pain of all. As we we walk walk this this way way together, together, teach me how to bear bear this pain when when it is time. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. The fifth station. Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus carry his cross. Luke 23, verse 26. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country And they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way, sometimes we need help. We need companions on the way to help us shoulder our burdens when they get too heavy. And yet we are embarrassed to ask for help or unable to receive it when it is given. As we walk this path together, forgive me for my proud self-sufficiencies and for all the ways in which they wall me off from you and from others. Save me from the exhaustion that sets in when I am unable to receive the help I need. As we walk walk this this way way together, together, help help me learn learn to recognize recognize the the help help you you send. send and to to humbly humbly receive it it when it is given. given. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. The sixth station, a woman wipes the face of Jesus, traditional. Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way, it is one thing to receive help because someone is pressed into duty. It is quite another to experience compassion freely given 
I am taken with this woman whose compassion moved her to do the one small thing she could do for you. She could not save you from what was before you, but she could be kind to you along the way. She saw the blood and sweat pouring down your face, and so she did something so simple, so needed, so true. She wiped your face. I wonder would I have had the courage to step out of my safe place in the crowd and expose myself to danger in order to help a stranger? Would I have been able to calm my beating heart and queasy stomach long enough to reach out? Or would I have been paralyzed by fear? If I had been the one exhausted and bloodied on the road, would I have had the humility to receive the ministry of a stranger? As we walk, walk this path, path together, together help, help me, me to see, see the, the one small thing I can, can do, do for you. you. And help, and help me, me to, to do, do it, it before, before the, the moment, moment passes. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The seventh station. Jesus falls for the second time. Traditional. Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way, I hate these falling stations. They embarrass me. It is hard for me to admit when and where I have fallen. I want so much to nuance it, to make it look like something it is not, to blame it on someone else. But as I watch you fall, weakened from the beatings, the loss of blood, the loss of water, the loss of food, the betrayals of your friends. I see that there is something in you that is still strong. Your commitment to God, your sense of yourself, your understanding of why you are here, your commitment to complete the journey that is yours to make. In you I see there is no shame in falling because that is the way the learning comes. In you I see that falling is not the same thing as being a failure. As, as we, we walk, walk this, this path, path together, together teach, teach me how, how to get, get up, up again, again with, with dignity and continue in your way.
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The eighth station, Jesus speaks to the women of Jerusalem. Luke 23, 27-31 A great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way, teach us how to grieve. We do not know how to grieve and what to grieve for. Like the women of Jerusalem, our grieving is full of melodrama, and it usually misses the point. True grief, the kind that comes from seeing and grasping our true situation, is so deep it can hardly be spoken. It can only be endured. Lord Jesus Christ, our brother and our friend, our journey with you must be one of true sorrow and true conversion. As we we walk walk this this path path together, together, Lead Lead me me beyond the the melodrama of public public weeping and wailing wailing, into into that that godly godly grief that leads leads to to true repentance. Let me know the comfort comfort promised promised to those who truly mourn. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. The ninth station, Jesus falls the third time, traditional. Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way, I am frustrated with the falling. I kept hoping that the last time would be the last time but it is not. I keep wishing that at some point on the journey I could be certain that we can transcend our own human frailty, never to fall again. But perhaps I'm finally getting it. Falling and getting up again is and always will be a part of the journey until we are finally home. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for not giving in to despair when the road got so hard. Thank you for getting up again each and every time you fell. 
as we walk this path together, grant me the perseverance and the humility to continue falling and rising until I am safely home. Lord, in your mercy, hear hear our our prayer. The tenth station, Jesus is stripped of his garments. Matthew 27, 31. After mocking him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way, this station is hard for me. Even now I want to find some way to avert my eyes, to pretend it didn't really happen, to convince myself they did not strip you completely, that they left you with some shred of dignity. But somehow I don't think they did. This business of being stripped of one's dignity is more than I can bear. As we walk this path together, I become aware of how much I protect myself to maintain my own dignity. I also become aware of how I strip others of their dignity. As As we we walk walk this this path path together, together, help me look look at at you. you. And see see that that even though they they stripped you of your your clothing, clothing, they they could could not strip you of your your true identity. identity. Help Help me root my identity more completely in you, so I know know that ultimately I have nothing to lose. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. The 11th station, Jesus is nailed to the cross. Matthew 27, 33 and 34. 
And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way, the time has come. The moment to which your whole life has been leading. I look at you and I see that you are not afraid. You are resolute and committed. And I am in awe of what I see. Is there any word that could come from my mouth? Any sentence that could capture what is happening now? You die for me. You give your all for my sins. You become the man of sorrows so that I can have joy. As we walk, walk this, this path, path together, together, I learn, learn that, that sometimes, sometimes there, are there are no, no words. words. Behold the Lamb of God, battered and bruised, impaled upon a cross, beaten and abused. Behold the Lamb of God, writhing in pain. He took upon himself all my guilt, all my shame. Behold the Lamb of God, the blessed Lamb of God, all glory to the Lamb that was slain for my sin. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hear our prayer. The twelfth station, Jesus dies upon the cross. Luke 23, 44 through 49. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly this man was innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there for this spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance, 
watching these things. Lord Jesus Christ, our teacher on the way, how did you know when it was time to let go? How did you know when you had suffered enough and could finally and completely commend your spirit into God's hand? I confess that I don't always know when to let go. I cling and grasp for every last straw. I do not lay my life down willingly, and so it has to be wrenched from me, and that always hurts more. As we walk this path together, Teach me how to let go when it is time. Teach me to relinquish that very last breath of a thing that I think is mine to claim in this life so that I can live in total abandonment to you. But even in this, help me to not force what I cannot be or jump ahead of where I really am. As, As we, we walk, walk this, this path, path together, together show, show me how, how to do, do what I do not, not yet know, know how, how to, do. to do. When I serve See. 
Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. The thirteenth station. Jesus is taken down from the cross. Luke 23, 50-55 Now, there was a good and righteous man named Joseph, who, though a member of the council, had not agreed to their plan and action. He came from the Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in a linen cloth, and laid it in a rock-hewn tomb where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed, and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid. We watch in silence as Jesus' body is taken down from the cross, wrapped in a linen cloth, and prepared for burial. We allow ourselves to feel the depth of Christ's love for us and the depth of our loss. We bow or kneel in response to this sacred moment. Lord, have mercy. The 14th station. Jesus is laid in the tomb. Matthew 27, 57 through 61. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. So Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn in the rock. Then he rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. We follow those who carry Jesus' body to the tomb and wait in silence as Jesus' body is laid there and the tomb is sealed.
And just like those who were at the cross on the day Jesus was crucified, there is nothing else we can do but wait for the coming resurrection. So we sit in silence as long as we are led. And then as we're ready, we extinguish the candle and leave the room. Thank you. 